episode 247, Reframe the Apology. Hi, I'm Sam Fesich from the Magic Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to the Empowering Educators Podcast. I am Gretchen, your host and expert lesson learner. I'm a national board certified elementary teacher turned teacher, trainer, and coach. All the lessons I've learned and am learning on my edgy journey, I share with you right here. From every silly mistake to the most glorious successes, you're going to hear stories and strategies that will inspire you to become your best. I have to warn you, as an educator, I can't help but hold you accountable for doing the work. So every episode, I leave you with practical, tangible next steps so you can implement your learning and maximize your impact. Whether you're teaching a lesson or learning one yourself, there's always a lesson if you're willing to pay close attention. Elite educators, that's the secret to staying empowered. Bring on today's lesson. Hey, Elite Educators, Gretchen here, host of the Empowering Educators podcast. My goal is to ensure that you stay empowered. I want you to hone your craft, not just today, but tomorrow and always. We are losing too many great teachers to other professions, and so I am going to do my best to provide guidance and inspiration. I want you to retain that elite educator status, impacting students and your colleagues for generations to come. I am excited to be in your ear today talking about reframing apologies. And no, this has nothing to do with getting into an argument and making peace. I'll share more with you in a minute. But for now, I just want to say hello. It's back to school season. You might be feeling stressed, but recognize this is something I've learned. Anxious energy is a form of excitement. I heard that and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so true. I need to get better at doing this. I've got to figure it out. So you're excited to meet colleagues and students. You're excited for what's to come this year. You're excited for a new opportunity to make a difference. Just keep reminding yourself to reroute that anxiety into excitement and the stress just starts dissipating. You're going to be filled with energy so that you can complete that lengthy to-do list. Just give this a try. Trust me. It's my current focus this year. I've got a lot of new opportunities on the horizon. And honestly, just thinking about those things makes my palms sweaty. Like right now, just as I said that, my tummy is filling with butterflies. And so... I'm going to practice what I preach. I'm going to reframe my thoughts. And I usually say stuff like this. I'm excited about XYZ or I can't wait for XYZ. XYZ will be so fun. Those phrases saying it out loud or in my head helps those emotions transfer from sweaty palms and butterflies in the tummy to a burst of energy and the stress of that anxiety gets off my shoulders. I no longer feel gloom and doom, overwhelm. I feel like, woo, we can do this. I cannot wait to get started right now. And that's what we need back to school. We don't need any more stress. We don't need anything holding us down, holding us back, slowing us up. So my body posture kind of starts to perk up. I get that rush of adrenaline. 
It's really cool. So I have to develop this new habit and it's going to take some time for me to learn to keep redirecting my feelings. So I hope you're going to join me this year, rerouting your anxiety into excitement and then just watch your outlook and your perspective is going to change too. So speaking of back to school, school year has kicked off for most of us and that's exciting, but there's lots of professional development. There's lots of hurry, hurry, hurry and stress. I just had a dream that I was running late to school and I couldn't find my car keys and my breakfast suddenly disappeared and just like all those normal back to school nervousness of I'm going to be late and I can't do it all. And so I said, perfect opportunity (laughs) to practice. So What I want us to do is acknowledge that others have a lot going on, but we've been doing that incorrectly. We've been apologizing for that. And when you apologize, it sends the message that whatever you're going to say or what you're about to do is unimportant and it's unexciting. And I don't want you to diminish the value of the support that you're bringing to teachers or to students by apologizing. And it's just a really bad habit. Why do we need to reframe? apologizing for the work that we do with teachers and with students that we know is essential to move the needle forward is actually having the opposite effect. So if you know this lesson you're about to deliver is going to be top notch, why are you starting it off apologizing for the way that we're meeting because of the pandemic? Or if you're going to meet with teachers and you know you have a solid idea that's going to make a change in their classroom for the better, Why are you starting the conversation apologizing that you're taking time away when they want to do their bulletin boards or prep for back to school night or write their lesson plans? You can acknowledge that they have other important tasks to do, but this is just as important. And because of that, you're going to make sure it's worthwhile. And I'll give you some examples in a minute, but I just wanted to kind of help you understand where I'm coming from. Um, So why we're apologizing, it's our way of wanting to connect with the person and state the obvious, acknowledge what they're thinking about or experiencing. And that is all well-intentioned, but the way we are doing it is actually having the opposite effect. And we can't apologize over and over that the coronavirus is putting us in quarantine and leading us to online instruction What we need to start saying is it's a new opportunity. We've got to embrace it. It becomes fun exploration off the beaten path. Honestly, that's when the best memories are made, when we are forced out of our routine and out of our plan. So stop saying, oh, I'm so sorry that we're on the computer. I'm so sorry we're not in person. That doesn't get anyone excited for whatever you're about to do. Although this is not how we would all like it to be, This is a new opportunity to try things we wouldn't be able to try if we were in person. So start reframing your apology. And we can't apologize when we meet with teachers to deliver PD or, you know, have coaching conversations or pop into their classrooms to observe. The work we do to support teachers is essential to the growth of their kids and themselves. So why the heck are we apologizing for that? You wouldn't. So stop. (laughs) I'm really talking to myself because I've done this. So this bad habit of apologizing sends that message that whatever is about to happen is less than the best. It's not fun or important. And it's certainly we aren't the best people to be leading the charge. I mean, that's literally the message you're sending. No one's going to sign up for that. No one looks forward to that. No one's going to give their best to that. So reframe the apology so it meets them where they are, stressed, nervous, busy, whatever, but then ramp it up 
so that they show up excited to dive in. And there's a way to acknowledge it, but reframe it so we can get into action. I thought the best way to do this would be to share some examples and then give you some next steps. Teacher and me, sorry, I can't help it. Ah, I just apologized. (laughs) See, it's still very much ingrained in me. I'm going to be teacher for a minute and share some examples because I know it is going to be really helpful to bring this point to light. Reframed. Okay. (laughs) I didn't plan for that. Here we go. So if we're in front of kids, this would be a don't. This is what I'm currently hearing a lot of teachers do. You know, sorry, we have to connect on the computer. I know it's not as fun as being in person. I hate I can't be there to give hugs and high fives. Instead, let's do this for kids. Hey, guys, this year's going to be just as fun. We get the cool opportunity to meet on the computer and try lots of new tools you haven't seen before. School is about to become a lot more fun. Hey, y'all, popping in here real quick to remind you, if you are loving the podcast, hop on over to iTunes to leave a star rating and type in a few words for the review. This helps other educators find the show so they too can be empowered. Lots of love and thanks. Now back to the show. And so see how that first one, you're apologizing, you're setting the tone for this is not going to be as good. I mean, what kid will be excited to learn with that kind of introduction? But do you see how the second one reframed the apology and it ignited excitement for all the newness that was going to come? I mean, you can still say this is a different start to the school year than we all might be used to, but it's going to be the coolest ever. So now that you've acknowledged the change, but you didn't diminish what was coming next. So get them psyched up, not down and out. So what would this look like for supporting teachers? So this would be a don't for teachers. I know you're busy. I'm sorry. This will only take a few minutes. I promise I'll get you out as soon as possible. This might be a conversation between a coach and a teacher who are meeting together. So instead of that ho-hum who wants to work, have productive conversation when you're starting it off like that, this is what you could say. This would be a do for teachers. I appreciate you making this meeting with all that you have going on. I want to share some ideas that will help your kids in the classroom. So let's get right to it. So do you notice how the don't example acknowledged that teachers are stressed and busy, but it was diminishing the meeting that you were about to have with them. It pretty much said, you know, this meeting is not important and I am forcing it on you anyway. (laughs) They won't be as engaged or motivated to participate. You just lost your own authority and any trust they could have had in you. No one likes a teacher leader who forces unimportant tasks on them, especially when they already have a lot going on. But did you notice the second example also acknowledged the time crunch? It sets the stage that what you have to do is important because it is important and it is a time crunch. But because of that, you're diving right in. You're not going to waste time. No chit chat. So stop apologizing to students and to the teachers you work with for things that are actually good for them, that are going to help them learn and grow. You can still acknowledge their thoughts and feelings without diminishing what you're about to bring to the table, which we know is nothing short of amazing because you're an elite educator who is empowered. (laughs) So here are next steps for you to help reframe the apology. Just like reframing anxiety into excitement, like we were talking about, we need to reframe our brain. So when we feel that urge to apologize, instead we can say, I understand, 
or I know, all that is better than I'm sorry. So you might say, I understand this is new and different. I am so excited to give it a try. Or I know you have a long to-do list, so I'll get right to the work I want to accomplish with you today. Take out that I'm sorry, that apology and reframe it. And notice the energy shift between you and the other person or the people you're working with. Did they suddenly lean in and get right to work? Or did they drop their head, look disappointed and start to disengage? You can tell within a second how you start that conversation, whether they are all in or all out. And as you build that habit, let your colleagues know what you're working on and how they can hold you accountable. So you might tell your buddy, uh, you know, when you hear me say, I'm sorry, just whistle (laughs) because that's going to signal me to stop and restart and I can reframe my mind and then restate my words. So getting someone to hold you accountable when they're listening or around you is certainly really helpful. Then I want you to reflect on a daily and a weekly and a monthly basis on this very specific attribute. How often are you catching yourself having to reframe? How often are you actually reframing? Is it getting easier? Do you need additional support? How have the others that you've been speaking to reacted once you've reframed your apology? I think that reflection piece is really going to tell you, are you getting better at this? And you're going to notice based on their behavior. So I want to hear how this impacts your influence. Are you getting stronger, wiser, and better? And if so, I want to celebrate your growth. And I want to hear your story because it's going to hold me accountable since I'm working on the same thing this year with my teachers. We're in this together, y'all. I am not perfect, but I thought it would be helpful to share what I'm working on because I think this is really helpful and something you might want to work on too. Okay, you've got your next steps. You know your assignment. And more importantly, you know that this small change in your mind and in your actions is going to have a tremendous impact on those you serve, both teachers and students. Your power and your influence is found in these tiny things that you do so masterfully well. So re-listen to this episode if you need to. Decide who will keep you accountable and how they're going to do that. And then start doing the work every minute Every day you saw me on this episode as I'm teaching you about this, I slipped up, but I reframed. I was able to do it. So I know you got this too. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on reframing the apology. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered.